Canto 11 of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Chapter 28. We're up to uh, text 14. I thought we were uh, up to text 14. And uh, we're uh, uh, it, uh, a little earlier. Um, just give you the context again. Uh, Uddhava, this is a conversation between uh, uh, Krishna and Uddhava, the last conversation, actually. So, the final and the, somehow, in some ways, the most uh, um, uh, profound knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam is given in this 11th. Uh, uh, Canto, where Krishna and Uddhava meet after the destruction of the Yadu dynasty. So then, this is Krishna's final instructions while he's on this planet. So, uh, uh, so Uddhava, who's described elsewhere as Krishna's most intelligent disciple, uh, is saying. Uh, Krishna has been uh, saying that if you understand things properly, uh, you will uh, live in this world without any attachments. And then Uddhava says, in text 10, My dear Lord, it is not possible for this material existence to be the experience of either the soul, who is the seer, or of the body, which is the seen object. On the one hand, the spirit soul is innately endowed with perfect knowledge, and on the other hand, the material body is not a conscious living entity. To whom, then, does the experience of material existence pertain? Wow. <laughs> so that's, uh, how is it possible that we undergo, seem to undergo experiences in the world? Because the seer, when it says here, the seer, uh, that's what his conscious, conscious, uh, conscious uh, uh, and the scene. What, what am I? Uh, how do you know what is the self? Uh, what's the soul? The symptom of the soul is consciousness. So this this consciousness is not a product of material interactions, neurological events, or anything. It comes with the soul. The big problem for material science right now is to somehow get from a material system, like a neural system, which you describe in numbers, and then somehow or other transition to something else which cannot be described in numbers, which is, the, which is experience. Uh, you see it in these certain conditions, people are undergoing experience, but you can't make the transition from numbers to experience. And uh, so nobody really knows uh, what, what it is to undergo experiences, because that's actually not coming from the material body. And this is also, uh, this is what's being said here. Uh, so, but the, the soul, the, the, the property of the soul, sat-chit-ananda. Uh, so chit-consciousness is the, the effulgence, you might say, 
uh, of the self. Uh, therefore, is described as the seer. And the body is actually the not-self. Here's the boundary, usually conventionally, here's, you know, here's the boundary between the self and the not-self, my skin. But if the self is what is conscious and what I've conscious, the self is consciousness, the seer, and what you're conscious of is the seeing, the not-self, then you have to say, well, my body is moving and doing so many things that I'm conscious of what my body is doing. So actually, the, the body is my environment. It's not myself, it's, it's, it's my surroundings. And then all you pull the boundary back, and generally we think of, in Christianity, a lot of times the, the, the mind and the, the soul are conflated, uh, but actually my mind is thinking, I'm doing some arithmetic in my mind or whatever, feelings are there. I'm witnessing all those things. So you have to pull the boundary back. So, so our environment is really this gross body, which is apparent to our gross senses, and then there's all this, also the subtle body. The mind is called the shukshma sharira, the subtle body. Uh, actually, it's three things: manas, buddhi, and ahankara. Uh, the the mind thinking, feeling, and willing. Buddhi, which is Prabhupada translates it as intelligence. We'll get into that word a lot here. The, the buddhi. Uh, buddhi is a subtler level of of the subtle body. <laughs> It determines whole mindsets. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, when you undergo a paradigm shift or something as a change in booty, you know, like that, like a, a revolution, a, a mental revolution of some kind of conversion, where you live in one world and then you see to live in another world because your whole mentality has changed. Uh, that's that's governed by buddhi, and then there's. Ahankara, uh, uh, literally aham, I, kara, maker, I maker, my idea of myself. And because that's what has got us linked to this body, Prabhupada always translates it as false ego. Because the true self is not this body, but I, now it causes my identification with the body and the mind. So therefore, uh, and which is not true, so therefore he calls it uh, a false ego. So now the question is, uh, uh, with that uh, uh, idea, that uh, how are we able to even undergo material experiences? Uh, how, how does it how does it happen? Because uh, uh, to whom does the experience of material existence pertain? Because uh, the, the, the body, uh, consciousness comes from the soul. So the, the mind uh, and the body are, are material. They're, they're, they're jada, they're unconscious. The consciousness irradiates them. Uh, so who's... To whom does this experience of material existence pertain? Uh, Uddhava goes on, uh, text 11, 
the spirit soul is inexhaustible, transcendental, pure, self-luminous, and never covered by anything material. That's its actual nature. It is like fire. But the non-living material body, like firewood, is dull and unaware. So in this world, who is it that actually undergoes the experience of material life? So that's his, that's his question. Who undergoes the experience? So uh, Krishna begins his answer uh, with text 12. I'm just reviewing what we've gone over before. I won't get into these in detail. So, uh, uh, Krishna says, this Supreme Personality of Godhead said, and now so Sri Bhagavan Vacha, as long as the uh, foolish spirit soul remains attracted to the material body, senses and vital force, uh, uh, here is, there's a list, as long as deha, the body, indriya, senses, and prana, the vital force, the air of life, uh, the, uh, the, the, the spirit soul remains uh, attracted to these, his uh, samsara, uh, material existence translated here, his samsara, for that amount of time, continues to go on or to flourish. Uh, uh, even though uh, uh, it is ultimately, uh, they use the Sanskrit word here, apartha, uh, apartha, without meaningless. <laughs> it's meaningless. <laughs> and that's the word they use here. It's meaningless, useless, or that it really has no object. Uh, for those people who are uh, when the word that's translated as foolish here is aviveka, without viveka discrimination, uh, uh, confused. And then he goes on on uh, text 13. Actually, the living entity, that is the self, is transcendental to material existence, but because of his mentality of lording it over material nature, uh, his material existential condition does not cease, just as in a dream he is affected by all sorts of disadvantages, anarthas, it says here. Uh, so, uh, uh, so the, the real cause, we went through this like, this verse shows up five times in the Bhagavatam, going back to the third canto. With, with one variation. It's like repeated a lot. Two times in the 11th canto. Uh, so, anyway, uh, uh, so the, the, the condition of material existence is uh, avidyamana, which means really n not present. It's not, it's not there. Uh, but uh, so th then there's the usual, it's like a dream. You're having a nightmare. Uh, you, you, you're undergoing, you're being attacked by some kind of s snake or something. Uh, you're afraid, but it's not there. Uh, that example is being used here. 
So now we're up to today's verse. This is text number 14. I'll ch chant the Sanskrit, recite the Sanskrit. Yataya pratibuddhasya pravaspo bhavanartabrit saeva pratibuddhasya tavaya mohaya kalpate Although, while dreaming, a person experiences many undesirable things, upon awakening, he no longer he is no longer confused by the dream experience. So this is elaborating the previous verse. They use the word here, uh, uh, pratibuddha. The word pratibuddha means awake. Uh, uh, or can also mean one who is illuminated and enlightened. I mean, the word buddhi is there. One, one, one thing that uh, intelligence, buddhi, governs is that transition between waking consciousness and sleeping consciousness. That's one of the things that's governed by, by buddhi. So, uh, uh, aprati buddhi, prati buddhi means awake, uh, uh, and aprati buddhi uh, is here, is asleep, he undergoes, and this word anartha, artha means something you want, that's valuable, so anartha, undesirable experiences. But when you wake up, uh, uh, you're not confused anymore by this dream experiences. Um, here there's a, a commentary on this, uh, this verse. Um, Uh, even a liberated soul uh, must observe material objects while living a, living in this world. But being awake to Krishna consciousness, he understands that sensory pains and pleasures like dreams are without substance. Thus the liberated soul is not bewildered by illusion. Uh, we have another uh, commentary here. Uh, let me uh, back to this, excuse me. Uh, this is a, co a commentary I have by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, which had been translated by Banu Swami. So actually we have the, this one and, and earlier ones. Um, so here in uh, his uh, commentary, uh, uh, first of all, there's a remark in quotation marks. Even a person with discrimination, a jivan mukta, has difficulty avoiding some meditation on sense objects. This means he cannot get liberation. In other words, that's what to say. Like, oh, you're a jivan mukta. That's to say you're liberated, but even though you're in this material body, still, if you if you see or undergo sensory experiences. How can you, you can't get liberation? Uh, uh, and then the answer to this doubt uh, is, though a dream produces many bad experiences for the sleeper, for a person who has woken up, the dream does not produce bewilderment since he understands the dream was false. So a real Jivan Mukta won't actually experience material life 
the same way that a person who uh, identifies the self with the material body and the mind. He will, he will not, he may experience something, but he doesn't suffer it. It's the ahankar, he said, this is happening to me. But uh, Ajivan Mukta, no, this is not happening to me. Uh, and so he doesn't get, uh, therefore is neither uh, caught up in a attraction or avoidance in the material world. That's, that's the, the liberated state. Uh, so now, uh, having said that, uh, we go we go to uh, uh, the next verse where uh, 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 Krishna continues his his answer. He says, uh, "We on text eighteen? No, fifteen. Yeah, okay, we just did 50. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. 16. Okay. So that goes like this. This is a longer verse. Dehindriya prana mano bimano Jivantaratma gunakarma murtihi sutram mahanyat yuruhe urudheva gitaha samsara adva adavatikala tantraha. Guruji, sorry, I think we, we did skip 15. Did we skip 15? Yeah, I think so. No, that was lamentation. Yeah, did 15. Shokaharsha, Bayak. I don't think we did it. I, I don't think so. Either. I thought yeah. we skipped. Did we do it? I don't think so. we did it. No, we did fourteen. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's where we didn't do Shoka Harsha. Yeah. Right, sorry. No, no. Okay. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I can't remember what we did here and what I prepared for. Prepare for <laughs> okay. Shoka Harsha Bayakrodha Lobaboha Sprihadaya Hankarasya Drishante Janmamrityustanatmanaha. So this is a list, uh, uh, lamentation, elation, fear, anger, greed, confusion, and hankering, as well as birth and death, are experiences of the false ego and not of the pure soul. Oh, yeah. This is hairy. There is a <laughs> uh, so this is the list, these things, shoka, lamentation, harsha, uh, elation, Roma Harsha, when your hair stands on it, you know, Harsha, Bhaya, fear, Krodha, anger, Lobha, greed, Moha, confusion, Spriha, hankering, Adaya, and so on. All those things. Uh, now, what it says here is Ahankarasya Drishyante. They appear as belonging to the false ego, which is translated as they are experience of the false experiences of the false ego. But it's just been explained that the false ego being material doesn't undergo experiences. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so I'm a little ups- I'm a little a little uh, unhappy with this uh, this translation. <laughs> but anyway, 
but they uh, so they, they, what what it says ahankara dishyante they are they appear uh, of the false ego or th- on account of the false ego. Uh, uh, and then again it says uh, janma mrityu they they are, uh, uh, continue with the list birth and death na atmanaha not the soul. So you can see why they translate it that way, but technically, but you could, anyway, well, <laughs> let me get my uh, my notes on this one here. Well, that, does the soul experience things, or? Uh, well, We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, the, the soul does it. Uh, the, yeah, the soul conscious. Uh, yeah, well, uh, oh, we can get. Anyway, there. we'll get there. Okay. 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 Here, here's 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 the the purport. False ego is the pure soul's illusory identification with the subtle material mind and the gross material body. As a result of this illusory identification, the conditioned soul feels lamentation for things lost, jubilation over things gained, fear of things inauspicious, anger at the frustration of his desires, and greed for sense gratification. And so, bewildered by such attractions and aversions, the conditioned soul must accept further material bodies, which means he must undergo repeated births and deaths. So they're just fluffing out the, this list here. One who, real, one who is self-realized knows that all such mundane emotions have nothing to do with the pure soul whose natural propensity is to engage in the loving service of the Lord. So that's the uh, 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 purport. But here's what Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says uh, of the same. He says, uh, quite bluntly, fear and lamentation are not qualities of the Atma. Since one does not see these qualities during deep sleep. When Ahankara is absent, and the Atma still is active. <laughs> Very technical, you know. Though Ahankara is responsible for lamentation and fear, Ahankara does not experience them since it is unconscious. Thus, samsara does not belong to Ahankara either. So that that's, that's his take on it, which I think is more accurate. You know, than just saying that the false ego, uh, uh, that the experiences are of the false ego. Uh, uh, Who's experiencing it? I mean, it's just not the false ego, not the Atma. Well, they're not qualities of the Atma, but at the same time, it has to be the Atma which has that experiences, but what it experiences is false. And so when he wakes up, he sees them as dreamlike, as imaginations, you might say. 
but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, Prabhupada has actually explained this very well back in the second canto, and uh, and uh, uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about that. But in, in one sense, it's very hard. You cannot really posit this of the soul, because the soul is innately satchitananda, and that's that's so. There's a false covering of the soul, and because of the false identification of the material body, you you experience these things, although they're not really happening to you. Uh, uh, that's how I, I can understand it. Uh, so it doesn't belong to uh, hankara. So, but the hankara is responsible for it. That is your wrong idea of yourself. But it's not a hankara who gives the soul the wrong idea. Uh, 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 there, there's a real self, but then there's a hankara, the the the, the made-up self. Uh, okay. Anyway, I just wanted to point out that 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 I, th- I think this this translation of this is a little um, inexact. I wouldn't exactly say their experiences of the false ego. They they re- really, in a sense, they don't belong to anybody. This is always the difficulty with Maya. <laughs> with, with, whether. Uh, uh, things that cannot be spoken of, of as existing, but cannot be spoken of as not existing either. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is the way it works. So now we're going to sixteen. The hindriya prana mano bimano jivam taratma gunakarma murtihi sutram mahanit yurudeva gita. Samsara Advanti Kala Tantraha. The translation is the living entity who falsely identifies with his body, senses, life, air, and mind. That's the that list: Deha, Indriya, Prana, Mana. Uh, uh, and they use this word Abhimana for falsely identifying. Abhiman sometimes it just means pride. Um, the living entity who falsely identifies with his body, senses, life, air, and mind, and who dwells within these coverings, jiva, anta, atma. Uh, he is antar atma, the self inside the living entity, who is the inner self, antar atma. Who dwells within these coverings, these are all coverings, the material body, the senses, the life, air, the mind, um, uh, he assumes the form of his own materially conditioned qualities and works. Uh, he is designated variously in relation to the total material energy, and thus under the strict control of sp- supreme time he's forced to run here and there within material existence. So you get caught up in a machinery, uh, uh, what it's saying. Uh, uh, Swami translates this a little different. His, he, his translations are based on the commentaries of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. 
And sometimes they use the same translation, he used the same translation as the BBT edition, and other times he deviates. So here's a little different. He says the ahankara, uh, which is a covering on the jiva, which assumes its form by the gunas and karma, or their qualities and works, which is called by many names such as sutra, mahatattva, because those are the words in this thing, uh, sutra, mahan, uh, sutra, mahatattva, body, senses, life, air, and mind, and which is dependent on the Lord, makes the jiva accept the qualities for continuation of samsara. Uh, so he brings in this fact that's dependent on the Lord. How, the, how this false identification can take place, how the jiva becomes covered, is actually by the power of Krishna. It's his illusory energy that does it. That's how it can happen. There's some bigger power that, that, that forces this false identification uh, on the jiva uh, for the, so the continuation of samsara. Right? Uh, I want to read you a couple of documents. Uh, uh, but we'll read this. Uh, here he says in, in the uh, 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 the uh, Tantraha under the control of time. So it says here in the commentary in the, this edition, false ego, this ahankara, which causes the living entity to suffer material existence, is here described in detail as the illusory identification with the material body, senses, life, air, and mind. The word kala, you see that kala tantraha, uh, under the control of time, the word Kala refers directly to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The famous place on the Bhagavad Gita, Who are you? Time I am, the destroyer of the worlds. Uh, who imposes the limiting segments of time upon the conditioned souls. It's funny, we can't imagine what life is like without those limiting segments of time. Huh? <laughs> keeping them tightly bound under the laws of nature. Liberation is not an impersonal experience. Liberation is the attainment of one's eternal body, senses, mind, and intelligence in the association of the personality of Godhead. This wants to make this clear. It's not that when you're liberated that you uh, become a non-entity or that you merge and lose, lose any individuality, but one has a spiritual individuality but that can't, can't be awoken while one is under the control of this external potency. goes on, We can revive our eternal liberated personality, free from the contamination of false ego. In other words, this, using the term false ego suggests there's a real I. And the one we identify with now is the false I. Yeah. When the pure spirit soul accepts the false ego, he must undergo material suffering. 
whatever happens to the body, I experience is happening to me. Now I'm getting old, I'm going to die, I'm beautiful, ugly, smart, stupid, whatever, you know, all these things that we all place on ourselves, is we experience ourselves this way. It goes on, uh, that's how you undergo material suffering. One automatically conquers the false ego by accepting oneself in pure Krishna consciousness to be the eternal servant of Krishna. That was in relationship, we have identities, social identities and relationship with people in this world. When the relationship with Krishna is there, not only is Krishna revealed, but we are revealed to ourselves. That's who we are in that, that relationship uh, uh, with Krishna. So uh, then uh, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport to this uh, really, I like it better. So he says, Uh, again, a question. The, the question in Mark is kind of an objection or a doubt. If lamentation are jo- and joys are qualities of ahankara, not the atma, why does the atma accept the, those qualities and experiences of the suffering and experience, accept those qualities and the experience and experience the suffering of samsara? No one will accept someone else's qualities if they give him suffering. So then he explains this ahankara, which is the word here in the text, abhimanaha, is an imposition on the jiva. The word jiva is used in here. Which takes the form, takes its form by the gunas and karma, by the modes of material nature and one's karma. It makes the jiva receive its qualities, and here we have in the text uh, this word uh, that's used here, uh, adhavati, which is translated here as, um, where is it? Yeah, he runs about, uh, adhavati, uh, runs here and there, for continuing samsara. Ahankara is subservient to the Lord called Kala, one who pushes, Kalayati. It is called by many names, such as body in the scriptures concerning Jnana. Then uh, he gives a few more details of uh, some words. The jiva, bound by ignorance in the form of Ahankara, falls into suffering in samsara. So here is clear that the, the, the ahankara uh, imposes upon the jiva uh, this idea, but it's not the ahankara that actually undergoes experiences, it's this imposition uh, uh, on the jiva. Uh, and it's the time energy, it's the Lord, is subservient to the Lord, called Kala, in the name of time. That form of Krishna is Kala, uh, uh, one who pushes. Uh, so Prabhupada's dealt with this issue. Um, let's see, I've got the text up here somewhere. 
Um, yeah, it's right here. Okay. Uh, the, in the second canto, 9-1, uh, this question has come up again about the relationship between this pure soul and pure consciousness, which is its own nature, uh, and the material body. And Sugadev Goswami says, O king, unless one is influenced by the energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, there is no meaning to the relationship of the pure soul and pure consciousness with the material body. The relationship is just like the dreamer seeing his own body working. In other words, the dreamer is inert, but he's seeing his body working. Uh, so here's Prabhupada's purport. Maharaj Parikshit's question, this was earlier in this chapter, as to how a living entity began his material life, although he is apart from the material body and mind, is perfectly answered. The spirit soul is distinct from the material conception of his life. So, you know, this is not us. But he's absorbed in such material conception because of being influenced by the external energy of the Lord called Atma Maya. The external energy is controlled by the Lord, and the living entities are controlled by the external energy, by the will of the Lord. In other words, uh, we are under Krishna's control by nature. When we are liberated, we are controlled by the internal spiritual energy. And when we are bound, we are controlled by his external energy. The external energy means it blocks our knowledge of a relationship with God. Because we we in that state because we wanted to be separate. We wanted, we have our own God projects going. And, uh, you know, uh, somebody else big like God will be in the way. So we want we want uh, we want some our own space. Right? Uh, so we get so okay. You you cannot be free from my control because Krishna is controlling all energies, but you can have this illusion where you're under control, but you get controlled in this way indirectly and unfavorably, as Prabhupada puts it. Otherwise, directly and favorably. Uh, Therefore, although the living entity, uh, the external energy is controlled by the Lord and the living entities are controlled by the external energy, by the will of the Lord. Therefore, although the living entity is purely conscious in his pure state, he is subordinate subordinate to the will of the Lord and being influenced by the uh, external energy of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita, 1515 also, the same thing is concerned. The Lord is present within the heart of every living entity uh, and all the living entities' consciousness and forgetfulness are influenced by the Lord. Uh, 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 That's what he said there. I'm sitting in every heart. For me comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. If If you want to remember Krishna, Krishna gives the ability to remember him. If you want to forget a pohanam, uh, pushing away, then he lets you forget. 
Atasmitir Gyanama Poganam Chad, remembrance, knowledge, and uh, forgetfulness that comes from Krishna. Uh, now the next question automatically made will be why the Lord influences the living entity to such consciousness and forgetfulness? Why does he do that? The answer is that the Lord clearly wishes that every living entity, every soul, be in his pure consciousness as part and parcel of the Lord and thus be engaged in the loving service of the Lord as he has constitutionally made. But because the living entity is partially independent also, he may not be willing to serve the Lord, but may try to become as independent as the Lord is. All the non-devotee living entities are desirous of becoming equally as powerful as the Lord, although they are not fit to become so. The living entities are illusioned by the will of the Lord because they want to become like him. Like a person who thinks of becoming a king without possessing the necessary qualifications, when the living entity desires to become the Lord himself, he is to put into the, a condition of dreaming that he is the king. Therefore, the first sinful will of the living entity is to become the Lord. Almost sounds like original sin. Huh? The first mm -hmm. sinful will of the living entity is to become the Lord. And the consequent will of the Lord is that the living entity forget his factual life and thus dream of the land of utopia where he may become like one with the Lord. The child cries to have a moon from the mother. This is a conventional example, actually. You see the, the moons in the sky like a bright ball and he wants it. It starts to cry. Give me that ball. Uh, uh, and the mother gives the child a mirror to satisfy the crying and disturbing child with the reflection of the moon. Similarly, the crying child of the Lord is given over to the reflection of the material world to lord it over as a karmi, a material uh, worker, and to give this up in frustration to become one with the Lord by jnana. The idea that I, I can somehow... Spiritual life means I become God this way. But both these stages are dreaming illusions only. There is no necessity of tracing out the history when the, of when the living entity desired this. Not that that doesn't stop people from trying to do that. But, uh, but the fact is that as soon as he desired it, he was put in control of the Atma Maya by the direction of the Lord. Uh, so he goes on uh, therefore the living entity is in the material condition dreaming of falsely that this is mine and this is I mamaiti aha mitti manyati he's thinking like this mama it aha I and mine mama aham mamaiti mine and I and mine I am this body, and everything in relation with the body belongs to me, or uh, pertains to me. Thus, uh, only in dream does the misconception of I and mine persist life after life, 
This continues life after life as long as the living entity is not in pure conscious, purely conscious of his identity as the subordinate part and parts of the Lord. In pure consciousness, however, there is no such uh, misconceived dream and in that pure conscious state, the living entity does not forget that he is never the Lord, but he is eternally the servitor of the Lord in the uh, in transcendental love. Now, there's an interesting, this same text I'm reading, 291, is translated this way by Banu Swami. Shukadev says, a relationship of the jiva with his body and senses does not actually take place through avidya shakti of the Lord because the jiva is superior to matter being full of knowledge. He is like a dreamer seeing his dream body. This is where Prabhupada got that, that, that from. Uh, So this comes through the, he says, the relationship occurs by the inconceivable energy of the Lord, which is expert at doing the impossible. <laughs> and, and, and In other words, what is the relationship? I, I'm having a dream, right? I'm, sitting, I'm lying in my bed and I'm having a dream. And in the dream, I'm walking along the road. Now, what's the difference between me and my place in the dream? How many, how many miles is it? The question is meaningless. The, the two areas of experience are, are not contiguous in any way whatsoever. Uh, so that's the, that's the nature of the, the imposition. Uh, uh, so, uh, so this original uh, relationship of the jiva, the body of sense, with the body and senses is, is, is really uh, this, this energy of the Lord which connects the two together uh, and makes you have these experiences which are, which are false. That's What's the impossible? He just says, it does not actually occur through the beginningless avidya shakti, the maya of the Lord's, uh, atma maya, his own energy. He said, Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur is a little hesitant to even say that. Although other people apparently say it's, uh, he's influenced by the energy of the Lord. But it does conceive, so it's not technically, I think what he's saying is not technically this uh, Atma Maya of the Lord, but it there is some inconceivable energy of the Lord which is expert at doing the impossible. <laughs> That's what he says. <laughs> so, what is it doing? It, it's making the soul feel even though the soul should not feel? The, the, it, it makes it happen. It, 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 there is no relation of the dreamer, the dream body, except ignorance. Uh, but the, the jiva itself is Satchitananda, so how does this ignorance come about? Well, God's powerful and he can do it anyway. It seems like a contradiction, but this, this is how... The, see, there's a, there's a thing about maya. If you're in maya, it's there, and if you're not in maya, it's very hard to see. 
That's just, just... Because a person in pure Krishna consciousness who really sees the world as the Lord sees it will not see Maya. You'll see it, the, 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 the world looks very different. Uh, and uh, that, yeah. Uh, the, the, this material world is also the body of the Lord. If, 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 if you're a parent and you, you have a little baby sleeping in a crib and you can see the baby's having a bad dream, what you just wake it up. That's all. You know the baby is not suffering. You know the baby is fine. You know everything is great. But still, there's a bad dream. You wake him up. So the state of being awake, everything looks different. And you see that people are suffering, but you also see that people are suffering for no reason whatsoever. And all you want to do is wake them up. That's all. That's it's sort of like that. <laughs> Let's say someone sees a, a rope, mm -hmm. right? And then they become fearful. Mm -hmm. so, thinking it's a snake. Thinking, yeah, th thinking that it's a snake. Mm -hmm. So the, the snake doesn't exist, but they feel fearful. Mm -hmm. So... What I'm asking is, you, you, you wake from the dream, but the person felt it. Mm -hmm. So does the soul feel the fear? Because it always describes that it's actually in the mind, the, or mind the booty. Right. But does the soul actually feel these things? No. That's what seems to be impossible. Yeah, that's what's impossible. That soul is actually feeling these things. Right. But it's not. Because it's Satyadananda, yeah. It's just, it, nature is, it doesn't know itself. I mean, the idea of a hankara, this, the, the soul has the wrong idea of itself. But who's, who's the experiencer of the suffering? Uh, that's what's very difficult to Th say. That's the impossible. Where it belongs, <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, okay. yeah. that's the, as far as Vishnachar, that's, that's yeah. normally we think of it, yeah, I'm, I'm undergoing these because I accept it as myself. But if I get rid of that misconception, uh, then I can see it never happened. But did the feelings happen? That's the question. <laughs> no, even the feelings. Are, are, are not, yeah. <laughs> That's the impossibility. Yeah. The Lord somehow right. yeah. makes the soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the impersonalists have this problem where they think the whole world is an illusion. But they, they, what they really say is it cannot be thinking of as actually existing or as not existing. But they, they make it the whole, the whole thing. Anirvachaniya. Uh, you can't, think, you can't talk, speak of it as real and you can't speak of it as unreal. Yeah. There's, I, I remember, so there's this notion with... with when Vishnu comes into contact with material nature, that it's actually, he becomes, I don't know if become is the right word, but that union is Shiva Tattva. 
right? This notion that yeah, right. right. And so also Shiva presides over Ahankara. That's right. And Ahankara seems to be this weird place where, and that again, the connection between mm-hmm. spirit and mm-hmm. matter, and mm-hmm. Shiva also presides over that. So there's this, mm-hmm. this weird notion of Shiva Tattva is this kind of weird yeah. place between where they meet. Yeah. And I've, if, I can't remember where I heard this from, but there's a, also this idea that Shiva Tattva is very difficult to understand yeah. as a Tattva. Yeah, that's a, very, that's, a, that's a good point, because, because uh, the Lord and the Lord's energy, when, when uh, Prabhupada says like this, he says, um, see, the Lord energy uh, is Lakshmi, uh, the goddess of fortune. He consorts intimately with the goddess of fortune. He's Radharani and intimate, very intimate dealings is... is uh, uh, in more formal ones, Lakshmi Devi, and so uh, so he's intimately associated with 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 with, with Radha or Lakshmi. Uh, but then Prabhupada says one place he says uh, he never consorts intimately with Maya or Durga. But when he does, <laughs> he's Lord Shiva. <laughs> he takes on a certain other aspect. Which makes him, as far as we're concerned, not really available for ultimate realization, uh, and, and so that that he takes on this aspect. That's right. Yeah, that's what he said. Well, he never consorts in with the material nature, but when he does, that's very Indian way of thinking. I, you know, to me, it's always seemed like Indian because I remember once being at a GBC meeting with with with, uh, with uh, Bhakti Chiru Swami. And we are talking about something, and Bhakti Chiru just says, "No, it should never be done." But when it is, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a guy, a, a, a professor at University of Chicago, Ramanujan. He says that uh, he says that uh, he says there's a, a difference between what he describes as Indian thinking and Western thinking. He says. Uh, Western thinking wants to be context invariant, mm. Mm. and Indian thinking is context specific. Mm. So we want to have a rule that works everywhere, you know, along the line. But but depending on the context, is like this or is like this, and nobody worries too much. About it. <laughs> uh, so it's something like that. what 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 is what is what is the context? Uh, but thoughts can happen in the soul. No, thoughts happen in the mind. There's a really clear explanation of these exact questions in Yoga Sutras. This is... So, I'll bring out my copy. I don't accept, though, the Yoga Sutras. I think it's wrong. (laughs) It's the word Vishnu. What? Patanjali is Vishnu. So why can Vishnu be wrong? Because the concept in the Yoga Sutras is, is that everything is happening in the booty, Mm-hmm. and the mind and if everything's happening in the booty and the mind then there's a third party that's liberating us and there's a third party that's making us suffering suffer it's not us what do we have to do with the mind right when we hear shastra and our mind changes it's not us so it's a third party that's it's all happening it's happening in the booty and not the self so therefore then shastra has no meaning why hear Shastra if it can't change you? 
Because the Atman is unchangeable. Anyway, the only the fluctuations are in the mind. But okay, that but hey, I don't want to take over the any, camera, anyway. I, would that, yeah, I mean, maybe, what? Let's return them to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I have a copy of the Yoga Sutras here. Well, I know what the Yoga Sutras says. <laughs> I know what the Yoga Sutras says. Okay. Anyway, that's a difficult part. Vishnu Chakravarti does say it's inconceivable. <laughs> and uh, Prabhupada, in some sense, uh, uh, goes, uh, goes along with that. It's, anyway, it's difficult for us to conceive it. Uh, uh, So oh, anyway, are we on text what? What time are we running out of time? We're in the question and answer. Okay, we're in the question and answer time. <laughs> yeah. Any, anybody from the studio? Yeah, we from have a question on here. Um, okay. This is coming in from Ramananda. He says, um, when we wake up from a dream, you are relieved knowing that you have nothing to do with it. But even when awake, you can remember what happened in the dream and feel attracted or repulsed about what was experienced according to one's desires. Question: A liberated soul in a material body, seeing an external sense object, will he or she feel desire or repulsion, but simply not identify with it? I'm confused because when Shukadeva Goswami saw the girls bathing, he sounds like he had absolutely no desire, like a baby with no concept of lust at all. Yeah, I, th- I th- think when the soul is liberated, there will be no more attraction and aversion. The whole thing is just a. Uh, uh, you know, there's another thing uh, that reminds me of the idea of uh, returning to spiritual existence. And this is the question of how the jiva can fall down. But, but you, you know, when, when in the spiritual world, what's eons here is vanishingly small amount of... There's spiritual time up there because there's pastimes. But whatever happens here is vanishingly small. I mean, even if you go up to a higher planet, there's the story about King Kakudni, who uh, want, couldn't find a husband for his daughter, and he went up to Brahma uh, and had to wait a minute while Brahma was listening to some musical performance before he can talk to him and said, I have this daughter, and she's very qualified. There's no one uh, I can find to, 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 to marry her. And he said, you know, in the time you've been here, eons and eons, culpas and culpas have passed because there's a thing slows down. You know, the t- time is, is a, uh, there's a variation, there's a relativity of time. So like if, if, if you had a, a, a camera on the material world and, and, and the, the screen, uh, 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 in Brahmaloka, everything here would be like a brrrr, speed it up, you know, like going really, really fast. And if you had a camera on Brahmaloka with your looking at it here, with the feed here, uh, with, with, with the reception here, everybody would be paralyzed. You wouldn't be, that's, that's the relativity of the way time passes. So he said, you know, you can't, you can't find anybody. Therefore, he arranged for his daughter to be married to Balaram. But but so if so if if, if that you have this this temporal expansion or contraction depending on which way you look at it, that means if you're if you're in the spiritual world, 
and, and, and you fall into Maya and you come back again, how much, how long were you gone for? Well, you weren't. It's vanishingly small amount of time, you know. So the question of how you fell is, is sort of, it's another one of those things that is like, a, uh, 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 how did it actually happen? What else? Anyone else? Not my line. I don't know if that answered his question either. But <laughs> Go ahead. I have a question. I first have just an appreciation. This first verse that you shared, I've heard you now share that verse a couple of times in the last few months that you're here. And even though I'm not intellectual, when you speak this verse, I get this rush, and it's not physical or emotional. It's actually just a faith building verse and I just appreciate Which verse it. are you talking about? I don't I can't even repeat it. It's the first one that you said today. I can't remember that's what repeated the five times in the Bhagavatam. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. It just I don't know where this comes from. <laughs> okay. Well that's good. Because Krishna's in your heart and there's certain verses that sometimes will you know you hear the verse you need to know and you kind of recognize it. So my question I, is a very physical one outside of that. You were, we, we know that uh, Lord Chaitanya's associate that had the, the worms and he would put them back on his body, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very advanced state. So mine is quite a gruesome um, question. I work with people that have a lot of imbalances in their bodies, right? Mm -hmm. So they have fungus and bacteria living in there and they all have consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering, um, it seems that you know, they're, they're not on a spiritual platform, but these other consciousnesses are craving things that they actually take over people's physical body. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on, on that or if it's just something I've made up in my experience with people. Well, I mean, well, I mean, I mean uh, a lot of times there are also parasites from the subtle body. Mm -hmm. You know, we have parasites in the gross body, but the subtle parasites, uh, sometimes ghosts or called ghosts or everything like that, or and some sometimes, if 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 you especially have some uh, situation in the mode of ignorance, you attract them, and they'll come and and, and grab onto you, uh, and. Uh, uh, Prabhupada once said a, a mentally deranged person can be cured by treatment of transcendental sound. Uh, uh, so if you can get them to actually do it, it will, it will have some In effect. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. Uh, there's various experiences with people trying to de-ghost other people. And, uh, you know, but but it, 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 it's a fact that, that uh, these, ki these kinds of See, a ghost, as far as we're concerned, what, what a ghost is, we know very precisely, it is a, an embodied jiva who for some reason doesn't get another gross body but continues in the subtle body. They're full of desires, and usually one of the reasons is, well, one is suicide. If you want to commit suicide, we'll get a ghost. We'll not get it because it damaged their body, you know, there are other reasons, but you get, get a ghost body, 
and then you really you 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 really can't enjoy uh, unless you have this gross body. And so therefore, you try to become a parasite and and, and 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 somebody else's experiences and try to take over and control it and things like that. So, I mean, that's that's really uh, that's really go, going on. And uh, uh, one one way that psychiatry could be translated into Sanskrit is Bhuta Vidya, the science of ghosts, Bhutas, <laughs> entities. You might say entities. You know. So that that that's also there. So that's another thing that that's very bad to happen to people is this this uh, the, the, uh, to be to become a ghost uh, and then uh, take try to possess other people and and, and 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 so on. Yeah, not a not a good fate. But uh, Hari Krishna really gets rid of them. Yeah. Um, I had a question on this this point about uh, how our, our the experience of this material world is created for the consciousness by the false ego. And I was thinking about in the application of bhakti how we're supposed to be doing devotional service in this mood, right? In the spirit that I'm a servant. How how does the how does that thought and arguably I don't know where the thought level lives in the mind or and of course it's the true position of the soul, but how does that thing within the mind sort of dismantle the false ego? Well, the, 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 the false ego is there because of my desire to become separate from Krishna. When the desire is to join with Krishna again, the, then the false ego uh, starts to dissolve. At one point, uh, either Prabhupada said it, or it's in the Bhagavatam. False e- uh, devotional service. No, it's in it's in, in it's in the it's in the Bhagavatam. Dissolves the subtle body of the living entity. In other words, if you have no more future material births, then there's no subtle body left to 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 take that. Uh, uh, so uh, so this the, the the ahankara, which is very very subtle, is this wrong idea of yourself. Which is imposed upon you, and is it, when you want to correct it, then you, you you start to understand your actual identity, who I really am. And it's very specific, uh, your identity. I mean, as, as you advance in Krishna consciousness, you, if, if you may think of Krishna as a very general way, but then, as it happens, if you reach a a, a, a state of of uh, uh, of uh, bhava or even asakti, you begin, you know, that, that your identity and relationship to Krishna starts to become manifest to you. This is who I really am. Uh, and that's your real ego, your real I am. The word ego is just a Latin word for I. Uh, uh, and so your, your, your real identity become, become, becomes manifest. And that's also, I mean, the, the whole thing is being, we, we are always in relationship with Krishna. Uh, we don't know it, but, but, but we, as Krishna becomes revealed to us, we become revealed to ourselves. And we find, we find out who, who we really are. And the connection with Krishna is, 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 is real. And, and, 
in that relationship, actually, we contribute something to Krishna's happiness. Because Krishna is always expanding. Prabhupada, once I, we, we were in New Vrindavan for, um, for a, a Janmastami, and Prabhupada was looking at Radha Vrindavan Chandra there. And he, he said that Radha and Krishna are always increasing, that, 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 that uh, 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 Krishna looks at Radha and he sees how beautiful she is. And when he sees how beautiful Radha is, his happiness increases. And when his happiness increases, Krishna's own beauty increases. I mean, people look better generally when they're happy. Uh, but, but there's a difference between our, our subtle body and our gross body. So there's certain limitations <laughs> to how good, better you could look. But in the spiritual forms, there's no difference between the gross body, the subtle body, the soul, the subtle body, the one thing. So when Krishna's happiness increases, his beauty naturally increases. It's right there. And then when Radha sees that Krishna's become more beautiful, her joy increases, and consequently she becomes more beautiful. And then Krishna sees she's become even more beautiful, and his happiness increases. And Prabhupada, so it goes on without any limit. Now you you can join into that increase. You can become part of it. That's our identity. So, so there is a kind of spiritual time. People think of. Uh, of, of eternity as timelessness. But then there, there, Prabhupada said there is spiritual time. And then he says, but it has no power to control activities. Which is what he says about transcendental time. It has no power to control activities. I have no idea. I mean, we are so prisoners of time. <laughs> That's that's that that there there is ever increasing. It's not just stasis, you know. Because mystics who come up to at least to the Brahma Jyoti, they testify the now moment of eternity. It's like the eternal now. But there's more than that, actually. It's an eternal now that's ever increasing. <laughs> so that that we we know about that. Yeah. How would you put? into the philosophy of Bhagavatam, Cartesian thought, I think, therefore I am. Will we be Cartesian in that way? Well, what he, what he really wants to say uh, is, I'm conscious, therefore I am. Prabhupada appreciated that, the cogito ergo sum, uh, that, that uh, you can't doubt your own, you can doubt everything, but you can't doubt your own existence, because who would be doubting? So that's that's something impossible to doubt your own existence, and that that's that's why I mean that that's why uh, there's a famous ontological proof for the existence of God that kind of starts with that Cartesian idea that 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 if you have some experience of the divine, 
you can no longer doubt, no further doubt God's existence than you can your own. That's because both are spirit. When we, when Prabhupada describes the jiva as part and parcel of Krishna, we have the same spiritual nature. So some idea of your own spiritual existence, well, there's also the existence of someone else there to something bigger, greater. And once that's there, you can't doubt God's existence even more than your that your than your own. Uh, and and so that that that's because that ontological argument was 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 came up by Saint Anselm, and then Descartes uses it after he got his own existence to to talk about God, and therefore there's a world and all that other kind of stuff. But anyway, that's that's uh, uh, they go together. We out of time, or More anybody else? Hi, Krishna. Jai Dwaita Swami just came in the room. Yeah, Maharaj, Chandra yeah. Swami. If there are no thoughts in the soul, right? If there are no, if it's all happening in the mind, as long as you're an embodied soul, yeah. So how do? You, so then you have. From you, then you'll have nothing to do with your own liberation, because liberation is affecting something that's not you. It's just affecting the booty. I think when there's something called spiritual sound, yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it affects you, the soul. It, it, it calls you back. And remember, uh, I mean, devotional service is sometimes called buddhi yoga, because then. With the buddhi, the director of buddhi, the director of intelligence is Krishna. This is where Krishna actually affects us in, a, in an essential way is through buddhi. From me, I am situated in everyone's heart. From me comes remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. So our free will as we can turn to Krishna and turn away from Krishna, once we turn toward Krishna, then, then, the, then Krishna using the material energy to bring us into contact with him. If we turn away, he gives us all facility to forget. So Krishna do, does that. So the, 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 where, where Krishna actually works on the living entity is this place of, of buddhi. Is there no intellectual connection with that? The buddhi is intellect, right? <laughs> no, the buddhi is intellect, but according to that philosophy, it's not happening in us. It seems like a third party is 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 is, is responsible for our liberation, and it, it seems. I mean, it seems whimsical. We can be bound, or we can be liberated, but we have nothing to do with it. Because no, we, we do. We make change. a decision. We make, we somehow the living entity itself has this power of either turning to or turning away from Krishna. And, and when you say freedom, when you have freedom. That means you're the agent, no one else. Uh, uh, and, and Prabhupada used that English slogan, uh, uh, man proposes, God disposes, to, to illustrate that this, this... See, actual freedom is causeless. <laughs> 
in a very literal way. When, when you refer to an, anything for free will, if you know what caused it, then it's not free. So, so freedom has, uh, free will has that aspect of something that's just like a brand new thing in reality. And, and that's how our freedom acts. But it, it, can't, it can't be effective until Krishna responds in one way or another. We are controlled. Prabhupada said that we, are all, we do not have the freedom not to be controlled by Krishna. How we want to be controlled, that's our area of freedom. So when we hear Shastra and we have paradigm shifts, yeah. like you're saying, we have paradigm shifts, you're saying in the booty, right? And we're hearing Shastra. What do we have to do with that? It just seems that... It's oh, well, because, because Shastra's spiritual sound is different. The Krishna has the power to change matter to spirit. And that's what he does. Uh, so that, that when, when Krishna spoke in Bhagavad Gita, when we have the Hare Krishna mantra, these are not material sounds. They appear clothed as if they are. But, but, but you, you, and you cannot be much, how much you are affected by them, that, that some, there, there's some, some, you have something to do with that. But, but Krishna, Krishna makes that arrangement. I mean, I had the experience. Let me just tell you this little story. So I was in graduate school in religious studies, and I had read like a bunch of different translations of the Bhagavad Gita, and all my uh, teachers were uh, teaching of Hinduism. I had classes in Hinduism as graduate religious studies. Were all at that time teaching as Hinduism the Ram Krishna Mission version of Shankaracharya. That's what they were. That was what I was teaching. So, I got a new trend. One this class, we had a new translation, a reading Bhagavad Gita. This one Mascaro translation. And reading that, uh, I happened to realize that the what the Bhagavad Gita is actually teaching is surrender to Krishna. This I thought this was my original idea. <laughs> I really, I thought, I thought, I had to write a paper about the ethics of the Bhagavad Gita. And so the first part of the paper, I just fed the teacher back, the professor back what the professor had said, you know. But then at the very end, I, I wrote that, you know, the, actually what it's teaching is surrender to Krishna. And for that, I got a B instead of an A. <laughs> but when I, when I thought, when I came to this discovery that, that what it's teaching is surrender to Krishna, then I thought like this, if that's what the Bhagavad Gita is doing, saying, that's what I should do. And I sat at the table and I went, surrender, surrender, <laughs> surrender. And I looked up and nothing happened. <laughs> but I did that. I really, there was literally did that. About three months later, I'm walking across campus and I hear ching, ching, ching. And there's a lot of Christian devotees there. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. I, I, that, that was me. I, I, I don't know why, but I was so impressed with the Bhagavad Gita. I'd read three different translations, you know, and, and somehow surrender. 
You know, I had no idea how to do it. You know. But that thing, surrender, surrender, is is that happening to you? Or is that happening I think to that is happening to me. I, I think that is actually it's happening. It's an idea. To me. But it's translated the, yeah. But but the way my ideas are expressed right now is through the body and the mind. What goes on, you know, very deep inside, I, I, I really don't know. All of a sudden, I had this desire to do what the Bhagavad Gita said. And it was manifest to me as, as a manifest. You know. But it seemed that the concept touched the soul. Yeah, because even through this translation of the Bhagavad Gita, once the guy was not an out-and-out Mayavadi, it came through. <laughs> But that seems that the... Because Prabhupada, you know, he preached against the one, you know, that it's not to Krishna that you should surrender, but to that which is unborn within Krishna, you know. That, that. <laughs> so uh, this one, this one didn't have that little veil over it. Uh, I, I cannot explain from my own experience where it came from, but it manifests in that action. Because... because, because Prabhupada talked about devotional service. You transform the the external potency into internal potency, so that when there is devotional service, that what you would call the material energy becomes as good as spiritual. And actually, there's only spiritual energy, but we can't we can't really see it that way. But. Somehow or other, this is this transmutation of matter into spirit that takes place. When you, when you offer food to Krishna, it becomes spiritual food. When you use your tongue and senses to glorify Krishna, they become spiritualized. How can we turn spirit matter into spirit? This is our alchemical process, huh? Yeah? Um, but I don't know the biology of it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. In this, uh, this conversation, I'm just feeling like it's available, it's happening to all of us, isn't it? And it's just whether or not we have those clouds or anartas that we're receiving it at a time or not receiving it. Like, I might hear the same thing a hundred times, and it doesn't penetrate because of yeah. some... Sure. It, it has some effect, but apparently your re- re- reception, because it's Agyata Sukriti, you can do unknown devotional service, and it has some effect. When, when, when in the early days a guy walked in at the end of a class or something and set some toilet paper down and probably and walked out some, some street person, he just came in, gave a gift, of, I think it was rolls of towels or toilet paper, and put them down. And Prabhupada, then his devotional service has begun. Because it becomes a continuation from, from past lives. So the, 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 the material energy can cover us or it can uncover us can act in th- those two ways. It's a like electricity. This is Prabhupada's example. Uh, that, 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 that uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it can be used one way or another way. I'll try one more time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
80% of the Shastra is Sambandhigyan, which is metaphysical knowledge, mm-hmm. the Shastra. So it, it's giving us the right understanding. If we, if we think we're the body, or if we think we're God, or if we think God is material, mm-hmm. it, you know, then somehow or other we don't get devotional service. So there seems to be some understanding somewhere that in the soul, you know. There is. The soul is a devotee. The soul has a spiritual body. The soul is not just an empty dot, you know, a little white circle. The soul is the spiritual self. Our spiritual self is not manifest. It's right now. It's un, uh, somewhat unmanifest. As as we advance in devotional service, uh, the real self gradually becomes manifest and starts. T- and the material, the material energy uh, surrounding becomes transformed into spiritual energy. Now, as good as my kunta. Now, if the understanding is happening in the booty, right? It's not happening in the soul. It, it, or is it? Just- I, well, I, I would I would believe that that when, when at a certain point the soul also has buddhi. It's not impersonal. Okay. So these things that we see in ourselves are somehow there in the spiritual person. It's just there. There's no difference between the the soul and the mind. The mind. And the body, the body in the soul, it's integrated, fully unified, spiritual individual. How that works? Wait and see. <laughs> That's all I... Uh, I said it would be the last try. Okay, <laughs> all right. I give up. Okay. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> okay, we'll stop there. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai.